Let's give God some praise. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Love what I feel in the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 7, and verse number 13. Yeah, Luke chapter 7, verse 13, and then we're going to be going over to the book. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and then we're going to be going over to the book of Luke chapter 13. Matthew chapter 7, and verse number 13. The Bible says this, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Probably one of the most sobering texts that I've ever read as a preacher. And I want to read that to you in, the, in a different translation in the NLT. It says, you can. Everybody say, you can. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. This is what it actually says in that translation. The highway to hell is broad. They got that song from the Bible. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide for the many who choose the easy way. That's what that passage is telling us. The highway to hell is broad and the gate is wide. And who's it for? For those that choose the easy way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult. And that's why only a few ever find it or choose it. Better translation. Book of Luke chapter 13 and verse 24 parallel of this scripture but giving a little a little more context about this specific statement he says this strive strive to enter in at the straight gate for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able to now it's not saying that people are going to seek to get in and can't get in you got to continue on in what it's saying why won't they be able to? There's a time frame. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut the door. So in other words, until he shuts the door, you can enter the kingdom of heaven. But there will come a day where people will seek to enter in and cannot and will not be able to. At what point is that? When the master of the house rises up and shuts the door. And ye begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence you are. Then you shall begin to say, We have eaten and we have drunk in your presence. 
and you have taught in our streets, proximity to Jesus is not enough. You can't just say, well, I was associated. Association is not enough. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence you are. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Amen. And I want to continue on. We're going to continue our teaching, Holy Habits, part 13. I want to just talk to us on this subject, narrow-minded. Amen. Narrow-minded. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah. Would you lift up your voice as we pray and we call upon the Lord to help us. Oh, come on, let's pray. Let's take a few moments tonight, amen, as we delve into this sobering subject. Hallelujah, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd help get our minds a little more narrow than they've been. Hallelujah, Lord, I pray that you'd get our mind focused on what really matters. Amen. Get our mind off of the things that don't really matter, God. I'm praying in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments here tonight. Amen. Narrow-minded. Jesus is using the metaphor in this text here tonight of a gate and of a road to describe the choices that people have in life. Jesus did not do the way that life really is where there are so many paths and so many roads in life. Jesus did something good for us. He narrowed it down. He narrowed the roads down and the gates down by ultimately telling us that there really are only two paths that people can take. Now, these paths will be represented in a myriad of ways. You will find a million different roads in life. But ultimately, there are only two. There is one that is easy, one that is wide. But ultimately, that path leads down the road to destruction. As the NLT puts it, it is the highway to hell. The other is a difficult road. It is a narrow road, but that road leads to life. Jesus here commits the awful modern sin of being narrow-minded. Amen. We have some folks that maybe that's how you feel about Christianity, that it's a little narrow-minded. And I've come to tell you, yes, it is. Amen. To Jesus, there's no doubt in his mind, that there is a right road and there is a wrong road. That's real narrow-minded. To Jesus, amen, and to the Christians of the world, that if we are accused of being narrow-minded, it should only be because we are following Jesus' teachings. If we are to be accused of being narrow-minded, it's because we are living this Scripture out to its fullest. If we are to be considered narrow-minded, it's because we boiled life down to the real fact that there really are only two choices. There is a choice to serve God, and there is a choice to not serve God. Amen. If we were to make it in modern terms and the way people like to hear it, amen, there is a heaven to gain, and there is a hell to shun. 
we, we, we get so ambiguous in Christianity today where I get it. We're trying to reach the masses and we're trying, amen, to help people. And we're trying to make sure we don't look like those that got picket signs out there at the Capitol. Amen. But there does come a point where we got to narrow it down that there really are and there have always only been two choices. In the book of Genesis, it was narrow. There was the tree of life. Amen. And there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One gave you life and one led to death. Sure, there were apple trees. Sure, there was apricots. There was all other choices, but there were really only two choices. You were either serving God or you were not serving God. We're living in a modern society that doesn't want people to narrow it down. You want me to feel comfortable in my sin? Let Just leave me alone. Don't talk about nothing because I want to walk this path and walk this journey. I want to be free from judgment. But at the end of the day, we can tell you there's only two paths or we can make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you really got a choice when the truth is you don't. We can, we can make people feel comfortable. Amen. It, it's, it's much like American voting. I can tell you you can vote for any party, but the truth is you only have two choices, and they're both bad. Truth is, well, I vote this. You threw your vote away because it doesn't matter. We're in a two-party system. Well, that's just narrow. Okay, if it makes you feel like you got freedom, go ahead. But at the end of the day, your vote's just thrown away. Nobody's going to count it. Uh, they'll count it, but it won't count. Amen. Uh, and, and, and that's really how it goes in the kingdom of God. There really are only two choices. And we, have, we must accept this as a fundamental Christian teaching. Because if not, we will, we will wish people into heaven that are not headed there. Hallelujah. We will, we will hope people into heaven that are not headed there. And this, this makes us, amen, if we start feeling like there's many paths and many ways that we, what, what ends up happening is hope becomes our strategy. We just hope people make it. It negates evangelism as a whole because we start thinking maybe they'll stumble their way into heaven and I'll just keep my mouth shut. No, brothers and sisters, if you keep your mouth shut, few there be that find it. The Bible says if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. It is not hid to you, and it is not hid to me. It is hid to those that are lost. So if we keep our mouth shut, the path gets hidden. If we keep our mouth shut, amen, the lost stay lost. If we keep our mouth shut, the city's on its way to hell. Well, I don't like that teaching. I don't like that preaching. Well, you're going to have to find another Bible. Because at the end of the day, it's narrow. It's narrow. Man, there is some good news that Jesus teaches us, and he starts the entire text with this. He says, you can enter the kingdom of God. I just want to let it be known. Amen. I, I'm going to talk about some serious stuff here tonight, but I want it to be known assuredly, as narrow as it might seem, that there's only two paths, that there's only two ways. I want there to be some good news, some gospel news in there for you, that you can enter the kingdom of God. You can enter the kingdom of God. Your neighbor can enter the kingdom of God. Your, 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 your uncle you don't even like can enter the kingdom of God. Even the person on the road next to you that you don't like uh, can make it to the kingdom of God. Everybody's got an opportunity to make it into the kingdom of God. Well, that's narrow. There's only two choices. But I got good news for you. You can still make a choice. Amen. Everybody's got a choice. 
Amen. You might not like that there's only two choices, but you get to make a choice. Amen. You get an opportunity to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. It is available for all. I want it to be known. It does not matter what color the skin tone. You can enter the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what native language you have. You can enter the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter what's been perpetrated against you. You can enter the kingdom of God. We are, when it comes to salvation, we are all inclusive. But there are some exceptions. Amen. There are some, there are some requirements for that call. All receive the call of salvation. But not all accept the call of salvation. The Bible says the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. The Bible says that, that Noah received grace. Amen. Noah found grace. You, you, can, you can have the grace of God appear to you. But if you don't take that grace, receive that grace, if you don't apply that grace, that grace does you no good. It's like saying, why is the world so dirty when there's so much soap in the world? You can stare at soap. You can dream about soap. You can work at a soap factory, but until you apply it to your life, you're never going to get clean. Amen. The grace of God will appear to you, but until you apply the grace of God, it won't change anything about you. Amen. The grace of God appeared on all men for salvation. That, that means everybody's got the same choice. However, he said it this way, you can enter into the kingdom of God, and there's, here's the word, only uh, that's a very narrow-minded word, only, which means there's one way. Man, well, I, I think that there's many ways to God. No, there's one way to God. In fact, Jesus said it this way, and this is why they crucified him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know what our world wants to tell us? Jesus is a way. Jesus is a truth. And Jesus is a life. Oh, I, I, that's okay. That's good for you. That's your preference. That's your lifestyle. That's, that's wonderful that you've chosen that. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the life, which means that anything outside of Jesus is not life. It's death. Hallelujah. You might still be breathing, but if you're not in Jesus, you are dead in your sins and your trespasses. Uh, Jesus is not a way. Jesus is the only way. And if you go... He said, nobody can come to the Father but by me. you got to go through the door called Jesus if you're going to make it into the kingdom of God. We can't enter any other way. He said, you only get into the kingdom of God one way. And then the Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There is not three ways. There's not two ways. There's not 50 ways. There's one way. Hallelujah. Amen. In Noah's day, the Bible says it will be like it was in the days of Noah. When Noah built that ark, he had one door. There's people who want, want God to have a back door, a side door, and a swinging door. Amen. They want God to have a revolving door. But there's only one door. There's only one way into this kingdom. It's narrow-minded. Yes, it is. But there's only one way for your family to be saved. There's only one way, amen, for you to be saved. There's only one way. Jesus put it this way, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. 
Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, he says, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's not quoting another way. He's going back to John chapter 3 and saying the only way into the kingdom of God, you got to repent of your sins. you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. you got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, I, I don't think like that. I don't agree with that. That's, that's all right. You can have your own opinion, but your opinion's wrong. Because there's only one opinion that matters in judgment, and that's God's. There's only one word that will not return void. My, my word will return void. Amen. Your word will return void, which means it won't accomplish anything. But when God's word goes forth, it is truth. It is fact. And that word is what we are going to be judged by. Amen. You and I, everybody in the city can enter the kingdom of God, but they got to come in God's way. They have got to go through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. There is no other way. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to preach on this until it gets in our bones. Because if we keep thinking there's other ways, we'll start just backing up on our evangelism and we won't tell anybody because we'll just hope they make it. I want to tell you, if you're not telling somebody this gospel, amen, you are doing them a disservice. If you don't show them the narrow-minded way, if you don't show them the narrow way, if you don't tell them you must be born again. We're missing it, folks. Amen. Church has got the greatest answer, and then we're, we're perfectly placed. We're divinely placed in the end time. This thing's about to wrap up, and I don't want it to wrap up where somebody can look at me in judgment and say, you never told me, amen, about the way to get in. I don't want this to wrap up, and my family know you never told me. They may not like me. They may call me narrow-minded, but at the end of the day, till my dying breath or until Jesus comes, I want to let them know there's one way to enter the kingdom and it's through Jesus Amen. he said there's only one way to enter this kingdom amen you got to be born again I'm sorry you can't shake the preacher's hand and go to heaven you can't you can't accept Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior go to heaven that's not in the Bible it's not in the Bible now here's the deal I, I, I pray God's more merciful than his word says Amen, I do. I really pray that God is a little more lenient about his word than his word says. I really hope God's got a lot of loopholes. But the way Jesus is putting it, he's saying narrow is the way. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's just narrow-minded. Yeah, well, me and Jesus, we're going to be narrow-minded about this. Because it's the difference between heaven and hell. It's the difference between living for God and not living for God. It's the difference between you making it and you not making it. And You know, there's a lot of people that when... When, when, when it's on here on earth, I'll say some things, and they might say, well, I don't like that, or I don't like you, and I disagree. That's fine. That's fine. But in judgment, nobody's going to stand and tell me uh, as the pastor. They're not going to stand up and say, man, you, you should have preached it so much softer. Nobody's going to say that. Nobody's going to stand up and say, man, I wish you'd have been a little more lenient. I, I wish we'd have been able to do whatever we wanted, go wherever we wanted, spend our time however we wanted, spend our, our lives however we wanted. You know, I could have got away with watching this and watching that. You know, I could have dressed this way and dressed that way. Because uh, at the end of the day, if, we're, if all of this that we've been teaching and preaching is wrong, amen, uh, it won't matter anyways because you made it to heaven. But, but because this is the only way, amen, there's going to be people that say, man, I wish you'd have been a little more strict about that. I would... <laughs> I wish, I wish you'd have told me to cancel that so I could be in church. I, I wish you'd have been a little more strict about it. Amen. But at the end of the day, I can't make you follow the narrow path. you got to follow the narrow path. 
I can't drag you into heaven because even if I got you to the gates, you wouldn't make it in because I can't take you in there. you got to make a decision. I'm going the narrow way. Nobody, amen, that's on their way to hell, amen, is going to look at the preacher and say, man, uh, you should have just chilled out. Man, church should have, you know, church, church should have just been a little more calm. No, they're going to they're going to scream in pain and say, man, I wish somebody would have hit me over the head with a frying pan and dragged me to church. This is how serious this really gets to. We're talking about ultimate concern tonight, folks. We're not talking about patting you and giving you a little pat on the back and make you feel good about yourself. We're talking about the narrow way. Amen. Because I got to give you a warning tonight. That there is a highway to hell. Amen. And you know why people take the highway to hell? Because it's easy. You've got to be careful of easy. Easy will send you to hell. Easy Christianity will send you to hell. I'm being very, very plain tonight. Well, I don't think it really matters. You take the easy route. You step off the narrow path. You can find yourself in a world of hurt. Amen. Because if you want to get, if you want to get into heaven, you're going to have to take the narrow path. You're going to take, you're going to have to take the path. I'm going to talk about the narrow path here in a little bit. But let me warn you about the highway to hell. You know, on the highway to hell, there's all sorts of conveniences. On the highway to hell, there's all sorts of, the Bible says the highway to hell is paved with good intentions. On the highway to hell, there's all sorts of great excuses as to why you wouldn't and why you couldn't and why you didn't. On the way to hell, there's, there's, there's multiple lanes. In fact, you can pick a lane. You can pick a lane that says, well, I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be seen as judgmental. You can pick a lane over here that says, well, I, I wanted to be liked. You can pick a lane over here that says, well, I didn't think it really mattered. You can, you can choose the lane in which you drive because it's a highway. You want to cut across four lanes of traffic? You can. It's a highway. It's wide. It's wide. Amen. This, this wide gate and broad road that Jesus refers to represents the path of least resistance. Church, if we, if we want to go to hell, we need to take the path of least resistance. Amen. I know everybody talked about getting to heaven. We're going to talk about getting to heaven here in a minute. But if you want to go to hell, just take the path of least resistance. Every time your flesh says no, just go with whatever your flesh says. I don't feel like going to church. Don't go to church. I don't feel like giving. Don't give. The Bible gives you license. If you want to take the highway, take the highway. You can put cruise control on in your Christianity. You can just go as fast as you want to go, amen, straight to the fire. And nope, there's going to be no stop signs. There's going to be no warning signs, no yield signs. Nobody's going to stop you. In fact, it's paved so nicely there's no potholes. Nothing's going to stop you from going to hell if you want to go to hell. The devil's not going to stop you. Well, I'm just so sick of resistance. I'm so sick of fighting. Well, well, brother, if you're fighting, that's good news. I come to preach my burden off of me tonight. Hallelujah. If you want to go to hell, take it easy. If you want to go to hell, just stay comfortable. If you want to go to hell, just do what's popular instead of what's right. If you want to go to hell, it's a path of materialism. If you want to go to hell, it's a path of greed. If you want to go to hell, it's the path of self-centeredness. If you want to go to hell, it's where you focus on your own needs, your own wants, your own desires, your own pleasures, rather than the needs of others, rather than the needs of God. If if you want to go to hell, just remove sacrifice. If you want to go to hell, just remove worship. If you want to remove, if you want to go to hell, you just remove everything that causes you to be a better Christian. If you want to go to hell, stop reading your Bible. If you want to, 
If you want to go to hell, don't fast. If you want to go to hell, don't pray. If you want to go to hell, just do whatever your flesh wants. If you want to go to hell, don't bring your family to church. If you want to go to hell, dress however you want, live however you want, talk however you want. Listen to whatever you want, watch whatever you want, go wherever you want, spend on whatever you want, take time for whatever you want. If you want to go to hell, all you got to do is take the easy route, take the wide path, take the highway, folks. Oh, I came to full. Somebody lift up your hands. I'm preaching real serious. I'm teaching real serious. This is no joke. This is no joke. This is your salvation. And there are people in this building right now. You're on the highway, and I want to get you off the highway tonight. Come on, let's pray. Been in church all these years, served in church all these years, but you're on the highway right now. You're on a fast track to hell. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on. You can stay on that highway say, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray. I don't want to go to the altar. You can stay on that highway if you want. Amen. But when you get there, you're going to wish you had one more prayer meeting. You're going to wish you had one more altar call. You're going to wish you had one more song. You're going to wish you had one more. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, you're going to have to get a little more narrow-minded in your walk with God. You're going to have to let yourself become a little more constrained if you want to go to heaven. Hmm. If you want to go to hell, stay bitter. If you want to go to hell, stay bitter. Get bitter about every little thing. Get offended about every little thing. You know, that won't work with God. Well, I stopped going to church because I got offended. Jesus was crucified by people. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Listen, everybody gets bitter. Everybody gets offended. But if you choose to stay offended and stay bitter, you're on the highway. You need to take the first exit off that highway. You don't, you don't take the service road off that highway. You need to get off that highway. Because there's people that, they, well, I, I, I felt like, well, it was this. Or I didn't like that. I didn't, well, get over it. Because at the end of the day, uh, when we go on this narrow road, I'm going to step on your toes. We're going to bump into each other. I'm going to headbutt you, not meaning to, but the road's so narrow. I'm just trying to make my way through it. You're trying to make your way through it. But if you want to go to a, amen, you want a place where nobody's going to offend you, take the highway. Well, you don't have to deal with anybody. You don't have to be around anybody. You can just take that highway. You can stay in your own lane. Nobody ever deal with you. Nobody ever bother you. No preacher ever tell you what to do. No preacher ever tell you, amen, you need to take a left. Live however you want. Do whatever you want. You're on the highway. Jesus is saying, although the wide gate is broad, amen, the, the, the gate is wide and, and the road is broad, it may seem appealing and easy, but ultimately it leads to destruction. Easy believism is going to lead you to hell. Easy Christianity is going to lead people to hell. I'm not talking about the world. The world, the Bible says the gospel is already hidden to them that are lost until we go share it. I'm talking about people that have the gospel. There are people in this building, and I hope it's not true, but there are people in this building just based on statistics won't make it unless you get in the altar, unless you pray, unless you get off the highway. Because at the end of the day, that road, that highway leads to your own destruction. 
On the other hand, he talks about a narrow gate, a narrow road that may be difficult and challenging, but it leads to life. You know, I, I personally believe the Bible says Eve saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. The Bible says that after the devil deceived her, she saw the tree that it was good for food and to be desired. Now, I don't know if it was the deception of the devil that made that tree desirable or if it was just the fact that it was a beautiful plant. But I just have to believe the tree of life was not pretty. Because if it was pretty, she'd have been hanging out with the tree of life. You know, the Bible in the New Testament represents the tree of life to the cross. The cross is not pretty. For those that wear it, it's bling around their neck and they just want to act like Christian. Well, I just, you know, it's, it's in vogue in a lot of circles to be a Christian. In fact, there's people here tonight that it's just in vogue for you to be considered a Christian. Maybe it's how you were raised. It's just in vogue for you to be considered apostolic. Amen. But I want to tell you, the cross, amen, is not to be just something we wear around our neck as bling. It's not just to be, uh, well, I just like associating with other people uh, that believe this way. Amen. I want to tell you, the cross is an instrument of torture. It is. It, it would be like wearing the electric chair around your neck the lethal injection around your neck it's an instrument of torture it's not a pretty thing and I just have to believe Eve saw this tree and said man that sure looks nice the highway looks nice but man that crooked gnarled tree cursed is every man that hangs on a tree that bloody cross and that man hanging on it doesn't look very appealing let's break it down folks that is Christianity a man bleeding to death on an old wooden cross. Cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. The Bible says the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to know that he has borne our shame and carried our guilt. The Bible says he was wounded for our, trans our transgressions. This is more than just the Easter story, church. I want to tell you it was bloody. It was nasty. There was nothing good about it. But what that nasty tree produced is our salvation. It was not desirable, and that is Christianity. When Christianity becomes stylish, when Christianity becomes something that is desirable, when Christianity, and I'm not talking about we should do our best to be just the worst group in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that we should make our guests feel uncomfortable. That's not what I'm saying. But Lord, help us if we make people on the highway to hell comfortable. There should come a point where the preaching rubs you wrong. I, I pray, I pray it's not my personality. I pray it's not me that makes you uncomfortable. I really do pray that that's not the case because if that's the case, I'll get down, shine your shoes, and repent. But at the end of the day, the gospel should offend you. The gospel, Jesus Christ, should offend everybody at some point. Because you know what the gospel says? You cannot live that lifestyle and, and stay on the narrow path. You can live that lifestyle and stay on the highway. You can't dress like that and stay on the narrow path. You can dress like that and be on the highway. You can live like that and be on the highway, but you can't live like that and be on the narrow path. Somewhere the cross has got to offend you. That rugged cross is going to leave some, 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 it's going to just stab us. It's going to poke at us. Amen. We're going to get slivers and we're going to get all sorts of stuff as we carry that cross. It's not meant to be easy. 
It is to be the death of us. You cannot encounter the cross and live. If you are encountering the cross and your bad mouth lives, you did not encounter the cross. If your bad lifestyle is, is saying, well, I counter the cross, and your bad lifestyle is continuing, you did not encounter the cross, or you are still on that cross, and you need to finish dying. I fear, I fear that we have, we have buried too many people alive that have not repented. Amen. We, we got to get to the place where repentance is something that leads, that we get, to, we get first. We got to die to our old sins, our old trespasses. There are people that say, well, well, man, I've been saved for X amount of years. The truth is we buried you alive X amount of years because that old man never died. That old man's still kicking, and it's still, got, it's still trying to drive you on the highway. But our brothers and sisters, we got to get to the place where we let that old man die on that cross. Oh, somebody lift up your hands, and let's magnify the Lord. Let's pray. Come on. On a Wednesday night, I have come to really bring bring you to reality, to bring all of us to reality. Hallelujah. This is not just something we do because we're religious. We don't just come to church because we feel like it or we don't feel like it. We do it because we're on the narrow path. The narrow or straight gate, either way. The antonym of narrow is the word broad, which means the highway to hell and the narrow path are diametrically opposed to one another. Heaven is in opposition to hell, and hell is in opposition to heaven. That's why the Bible says the, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Your flesh, the Bible says, is the enemy of God. If you want to be God's enemy, the Bible says the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Just let your mind get carnal. That's the easy route. A carnal mind is the enemy of God. You, if you want to be the friend of God, it takes faith. Faith is not easy. Abraham was called, amen, a friend of God. Why? Because he was a father of faith. He did things. He was willing to sacrifice his son even though it didn't feel good. He was willing to march up mountains even though it didn't feel good. He was willing to serve God and sacrifice to God even when it didn't feel good. He said, in fact, he told his servants, I and the lad go up yonder to worship. He didn't even see it as a sacrifice. He was so in love with God. Amen. But this man walked by faith, and he was considered the friend of God. But there are so many people that want to be like Lot. They see the well-watered plains of Sodom. He looked downhill. Let me tell you, when you look through your Bible, there is a theme. All the great men of God and all the people of God always went uphill. Jerusalem was not Jericho for a reason. Jericho was in a pit. Amen. Sodom and Gomorrah was in a pit. Jerusalem was on top of a mountain. Amen. That's why every time that people went to worship at the temple, they had to go up. Brothers and sisters, if we go down to worship, we're not worshiping right. If your lifestyle for God takes you down and you got to step down to do it, you're not living for God right. It should be a step up. It should be an incline. If after all these years your lifestyle with God and your convictions get less and less, you're not really living for God because the incline gets higher and higher. Let me tell you, this path gets more narrow and more straight the longer you go. 
I am more conservative today than I was when I first got saved. And I'm not just talking about conservative based on some other people's standards. I live a degree of separation that I won't even put on other people. Amen. That is different than the degree of separation that my pastor even put on me. Why? Because as I walk this narrow path, as I walk this uphill path, it gets more narrow. It gets more tight. The incline gets better and it gets higher. Amen. It gets a little more tough. I get a little more winded, but it's the right path. Amen. And there's some people, the longer they live for God, the less they are a Christian. The longer they live for God, the less they come to church. The longer they live for God, the less they sacrifice, the less they, I want to tell you, that's not the will of God. We are to be on this narrow path, even if it hurts. Amen. Because we are the antithesis to the highway to hell. Amen. I want to tell you, the path to heaven is the antithesis to the highway to hell. The church should be the enemy of the highway to hell. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. I, I'm really trying to get my personality out of the way for this one tonight. I'm really trying to get myself out of this. Uh, amen. But we got, we've got to be, we've got to be the difference. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Oh, come on, let's pray. Jesus. Jesus. Feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray. Come on, your lifestyle should be the antithesis to the highway. The way you live for God should be the antithesis. Hallelujah to the highway. Amen. In contrast, the narrow gate and the narrow road represents the path of righteousness and selflessness. It is the opposite. It is the path of love, not love when it's easy to love. Love when it's hard. So it's the path of compassion, not when they deserve it. It is the path of service, even though you don't want to. It is where people prioritize the needs of others above their own and above their own pleasures. They, 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 they always, I mean, it's the path in which service to God is number one. It is the path in which worship of God is number one. It is the path in which I let my own opinions and ideals go, amen, that I might attain unto Christ. It's Paul saying, I've got this wonderful pedigree and all these great things. He said, but I count all those things have done, and I press towards the mark of the high callings in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I, I, I'm not even going to try to live by that. Life's gateway is a straight, and the, is, life's gateway is straight, and the way is narrow, which means this. It means it is surrounded by challenges and obstacles. For those that say being a Christian is easy, you're wrong. Being on the highway is easy. It is easy to drink. It is easy to get drunk. It is easy to just shoot up. It is easy to get divorced. It is easy to just give up. It is easy to just say, well, I don't want to do this anymore. It is easy. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean you don't struggle. I'm just saying that if you have to choose, it's a lot harder to deny your flesh when you want to do something. It is not hard to give in anytime you want a cheeseburger. Praise God. It's not difficult because you know what? I want it, I get it. Somebody put it this way, if it feels good, do it. It is not hard to do that which feels good. In fact, our brains are wired to send us a dopamine hit every time we do or think about doing something we want to do. You don't get that on the narrow route all the time. Because there's times you don't feel like going to church. But you go. Praise God. You don't always like the challenges you face, but you face those challenges. You don't always feel like praying, but you pray. Let me tell you, that's taking the narrow route. It is, it is not passive. It is somebody who is actively taking that route. Narrow implies that it's constricted. 
Well, I just, I just need my space. Can't have no space. Well, I just wish it was a little, I wish there was a little more freedom. I want to tell you, on the narrow route, there's not as much, quote, unquote, freedom. But freedom comes from the narrow path. Hallelujah. Freedom comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the cross. It comes from the spirit of the Lord. But you don't get the spirit of the Lord and you don't get the cross. Amen. You don't get Jesus without the cross. You've got to have both. Narrow implies it gets tighter and tighter the further you go. Jesus put it to the young man. He said, sell all that you have. Give the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven. He went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. It was so much easier to keep the possessions. It was so much easier to keep the hobby. It was so much easier to keep the pet sin. It was so much easier to catch, keep all these things and these ideologies and these thought processes that he was good enough. And, and they looked at Jesus and they go, man, that's tough. And Jesus said, how hardly shall those that trust in riches be saved? And they said, Lord, who then can be saved? He said, with God, with man, it's impossible. With God, it, it is possible. All things are possible. In other words, even that individual that has relied on everything else, that is so used to the highway, it is still possible for them to be saved. But they got to leave the highway. And this is what Jesus said the remedy is. He said, I, I just want you to know, it is easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven. Is he saying it's hard uh, that, that, that if you have wealth or anything like that, that you're not going to make it? No, what he's saying is he's relating it to the, this, this gateway in which if you were to take a camel through, it would have to get down on all of its knees, amen, which is a physical impossibility for the camel, and it would have to take all of its, all of its garments and all of its weights and all of the other things off of it. It'd have to take all. In other words, he's saying you're going to have to repent. You're going to have to get down on your knees. You're going to have to crawl your way through this gate. Amen. It gets to the place where it's so narrow that the camel can, it can, it gets to a place where it can barely breathe, uh, but it's got to keep making its way through the gate. It might have to dig a little, amen, so there's a little more room at the top for it to get through this gate. And he's saying that that's what it's like, amen. There's going to come a day, amen, where every person is going to have to come to that crossroads uh, where God's going to tell us you need to give up some things. Uh, you need to let go of some things. Uh, you need to stop doing that and start doing this. Uh, what is that? That's a narrowing down of the gate. You're going to have to lay aside every weight and sin that easily entraps us. Amen. We're going to have to lay aside this and lay aside that so that we can continue on the straight path and continue on the narrow path and continue into that gate. We're going to have to remove some things. Well, I want to go to heaven with who I am right now. It won't happen. That man's got to die. That person's got to repent. Well, I want to get to heaven with my ideology. Sorry, God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. And the polls are closed. Amen. Your application to join the Godhead has been declined. You are going to have to lay aside all that stuff because it gets tighter and tighter. And there's people that they've come so far on this narrow route. And they say, well, I've already given up so much. And the path is getting more narrow. Don't get on the highway just because the narrow path gets tougher for you. Don't exit onto the highway just because, man, I, oh, man, I'd like to coast. Let me tell you, it's, it's, uh, this is very real. This is very tough to preach. Amen. It is not easy. In fact, if you think it's easy and you expect it to be easy, you'll be sorely disappointed. God is going to require specific things out of specific individuals that he may not even require on the other individual. Well, brother so-and-so didn't have to. God's requiring it of you. Because that's not a big deal for them. Oh, praise God. 
I don't feel like it's fair. Welcome to the narrow path. It's not fair. Hmm. The further you go, the more difficult the route gets. I'm not trying to discourage people from being a Christian. Amen. I'm just giving you the reality of being a Christian. Because if not, you'll, you'll think that you are on the narrow path this whole time and you are actually on the highway. And you'll look at me one day and say, how come you never told me? Because it was easy go, just do whatever I want, think however I want, go wherever I want. I want to tell you, this is why I don't hold, this is one of the reasons I hold to the apostolic uh, traditions, amen. Some are traditions, some are doctrines. I hold, to, I hold to these things because we should become more holy as he is holy. Let me just talk about this for a minute. If you need to go home, you can go home. Let me talk about this for a minute. Our elders that prayed and fasted for days, prayed for hours, days even, William J. Seymour, who in the Azusa Street Revival would pray nonstop. He put a box over his head until God gave him a word to preach. Amen. This is where, amen, another wave of the Pentecostal revival swept. That's why there is the apostolic church, amen, uh, revived and reawakened today in the world. Amen. This man who prayed. Uh, th th these men uh, that, that would, would, would get in, and, uh, and I'm, I'm messing up. I can't remember the name right now, but he wrote, I see a crimson stream of blood. Anybody? Brother? G.T. Haywood prayed for hours until the, the revelation of oneness and the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name came to him. And he came out, amen, and he sees, I see a, a crimson stream of blood, prayed for hours. These same men that stood up when it was just, uh, when it was just leave it to beaver and said, you need to stay away from the television. Hmm. Now we've got a new generation that says, well, I don't think that's really that big of a deal. But let me tell you what's on this phone. It is a million times worse than that. And I, I and this is what I, this is my rule as the pastor. Amen. And I, I, I've said this to some folks. If you will pray and fast for days on end and have full 24-hour day prayer meetings and come to me after that prayer meeting and say, I really don't think this matters, then we'll talk. Because I, I think there's some lines that were drawn from spiritual people that were trying to keep the church on a narrow path, that were trying to make sure the church made it to heaven, that nowadays is no longer a big deal. Nobody cares about it. Let's just let it go. Let's just let it fade by the wayside. Uh, you know, I don't think distinction really matters. I think that women can look however they want. Men can look however they want, dress however they want, do whatever they want. And we have made this now where we are less prayerful than they were, and now we're making this more important decisions than they were. But I want to tell you, that's not the will of God. The more narrow this path gets, the more we need to lean on some of those things. I've been pastoring about five years now, amen, and I've tried to say it as best and as nice as I can, amen, but I, I'm, I'm really trying to hone it in, amen, that you need to make it up in your mind whether or not you're going to live for God, whether or not you're going to be a Christian. I'm not talking about what you've considered to be a Christian all these years. I'm not talking about what people have allowed you to be a Christian, amen. You've got to make it up in your mind. You're going to serve God. You're going to live God. You're going to be on this narrow path but because at the end of the day, it's a single file line and everybody's got to make the choice. Spurgeon commented on the scripture and said, this narrow way is a way of self-denial. It is a way of humility. It is a way which is distasteful to the natural pride of men. It is a precise way. It is a holy way, a straight way, and that's why most people don't care for it. You know why? Because men are too big, too proud to go the narrow lane to heaven, but it's the right way. ARC, we got to be careful of a crossless Christianity. 
one without self-denial, one without repentance, one without suffering, one without struggle, one without sacrifice, one without true worship. The Old Testament puts it this way, woe unto those that are at ease in Zion. If your Christianity is easy and comfortable, you're either not doing it right or you've stopped doing it right. You either are not doing it right or you have stopped progressing on the path of doing it right. If your Christianity is all of a sudden, man, and there are entire other apostolic circles that have said, man, we're so free now. No, you're in bondage and you don't know it. You know, the caged lion gets fed three times a day, but it's not free. The dog on the leash gets the bull pushed to him with the water and it gets taken care of, but it's not free. And we got to be careful that we don't start thinking we're in freedom when we're actually in bondage. That was the challenge with eat with Israel. They were in Egypt getting corn from Egypt, getting supplied from Egypt. And there arose a king that knew not Joseph. Amen. And they didn't realize they were slaves until a couple hundred years later. God help us. If we become a crossless Christianity, we have stepped off of the narrow path and we have stepped onto the highway. Let's lift up our hands. Let's stand across this building. Thank you for listening. I, I, hope, I hope I came across with the right spirit. I've been praying all day for this and praying that God would help me to come across right. But this is serious, folks. This is real deal. This is real Christianity. We've got to make it up in our minds. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Come on. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. You've got to deny yourself. In the last days, they shall be lovers of their own selves. A church that's amidst a highway of people that love themselves, a church has got to be on the narrow path that denies themselves. In a world that says whatever feels good, do it, there's got to be a church that rises up and says whatever pleases God, do that. Come on, in a Christianity amongst our world that says as long as people are happy, uh, then that's good. No, there's got to be a church that rises up and says if it makes God happy. Come on, which route are you taking? What route are you taking? What route have you been taking? Are you on the highway? Have you spent the last couple years on the highway? Or are you on that straight and narrow path with all the rocks and debris? Can't take the car, can't take the motorcycle. You're going to have to walk barefoot on this one. There's thorns and thistles. There's challenges. There's offense. There's bitterness. There's all sorts of challenges along this route. It's not paved. Let's pray. Luke put it this way. He said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. That word strive signifies a continual struggle, not a one-time struggle, a continual struggle against conflict. It means to constantly agonize and to wrestle. 
Entering at the narrow gate is difficult because in its, its cost in terms of human pride, because of the sinner's love for sin, because of the world and Satan's opposition to the truth, there's always a fight. But you've got to strive to enter in at that gate. Well, Pastor, can't we be a little more inclusive? Can't we just, can't we just believe in universalist and universalism where everybody's saved? Why, why do we got to be so narrow-minded? Surely there's more than one way to God. When they got on the ark, they went through the one door. And notice how they went into that one door. Two by two. Why were they going in two by two? They were being accounted for. The narrow path is a path of accountability. If nobody can tell you anything, you are not on the narrow path. I have people call me pastor, and I appreciate the respect, but I know I'm not. I'm some people's pastor, but I'm not theirs. Because they're not accountable. Well... It's not my decision to be your pastor. I'd love to be everybody's pastor. I'd love to be everybody in Carson City's pastor. But you know who I pastor? Those who let themselves be accountable. Instead of telling me what they're going to do, they ask. Just want to let you know. Man, I never did that to my pastor. What do you think? What do you think? What do you feel? Hey, here's what I want to do. What do you think about that? That's a narrow path. And there's people that had that habit for so long that they stopped it as soon as I became the pastor. And listen, I'm not offended or bitter by it. I just got here. But if you're not careful, you'll be on a highway. Because without accountability, all these other animals are like, man, I'm sure that the elephants were looking at the other two, those two elephants getting on there and thinking, oh, man, that's such a terrible way to live we're out here in the savannah just living however we want doing whatever we want whenever we want with whoever we want get away with whatever and you guys got to walk down that plank two by two man what a shame for you all the other animals in the kingdom were laughing in fact it even happened with noah's family they got on the ark two by two they were accountable too and all the people that made fun of Noah building an ark to the specific way he was called to build the ark, and he didn't think about what everybody's opinion was, what the world thought, what everybody, what the ecumenical community thought. He didn't get with the council of churches in his city and find out what they think about theology. He built it the way God told him to build it. Noah, you're, you're, you sure are strict on your kids. You sure are being tough on them. You know, you should just let them live it up a little. They're only young so long. And Noah said, no, because when the rain falls, I want them on the boat. And when the first drop of rain came, nobody on the highway was making fun of the narrow path anymore. In fact, they were beating on the closed door saying, please let us in. There are people right now, you are rejecting the narrow path that one day this message will come to your mind and you will wish you to listen to me. 
you will wish that you would have listened to what Jesus said because you will be beating on a closed door and it's too late. I pray that's not the case for anybody. Amen. I want to tell you, this is a narrow path. you got to walk in a state of accountability. It's almost a single filed line. I cannot push you forward on this narrow path. All I can do as your pastor is walk down the narrow path myself as best as I can and pray that you follow. Some people want me to call them all the time. Please beg me to come to church. I'm not going to do that because if I beg you to go to church, I, I can't beg you to get into heaven. I can't. It's not possible. Let me put it this way. If it'll keep you out of church, it'll keep you out of heaven. If it'll keep you out of the altar, it'll keep you out of heaven. If somebody has to poke, prod you, or convince you to just do what is right, you won't make it because you're on the highway. Because when you get on this narrow path, it's not you and your spouse walking down this narrow path together. It's you walking. Because that's why the Bible says that there will be husband and wives in the same bed, and one will be taken and the other left. If it was a two-for-one two deal, everybody would have made it. But the truth is that one of them made the decision, I'm taking the highway, and the other one made the decision, I'm taking the narrow path. Now, I believe the whole family can make it. Cornelius and his house was saved. The jailer and his house was saved. But everybody has to choose the narrow path. All I can do is walk and pray that you follow. I cannot drag you into heaven. I cannot drag you on the narrow path as much as I wish I could. I wish I could get down on my knees and beg some people. I'm just being, can I be real? If it would make the difference, I'd get down on my knees, wrap my hands around your waist, and beg you to go to heaven. Beg you to live for God. Beg you to live what's right. But at the end of the day, even if I did that, I know you still have to get up and make the decision tomorrow. I'm going to walk on the narrow path. I don't want to have to beg people to live for God. He already did that on Calvary. There's nothing I can do to make you live for God more than him dying on a cross for you. And I hope nobody feels, I'm not, I don't feel mad or angry. I don't have anybody in mind. I, I'm feeling compassion right now. I'm feeling a burden on my spirit right now. That there are people right now that Jesus is hanging on a cross. Amen. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we are crucifying him afresh. God help us. You have already done the utmost to save us. You have already built the ark. You have already opened the door. You have already prepared the path and prepared the way. You already walked up that hill to Golgotha. You already carried that cross. You made a way. You made a path for every single individual to do it. And now it's our responsibility to take up the cross, to deny ourselves, and to follow after you. You were the first one to walk that narrow path. And, God, you gave us your spirit so that when we could not do it by ourselves, you said you don't have to do it alone. You be filled with my spirit. I will help you along the path. But God, it's everyone's decision whether or not they're going to live holy. It's everyone's decision whether or not they're going to pray. It's everyone's decision whether or not they're going to make it to heaven. Let me just finish here. No one will stumble into heaven. If right now you are wondering whether or not you're going to make it to heaven, you're on the highway. Because if you're on the narrow path, you know it. You feel it every day. If you're one, well, I hope I make it to heaven. Hope is not a strategy. You can know that you are on your way to heaven. 
you can know because the path that you're walking, I'm not talking about self-righteous path. I'm talking about righteous path. I'm just trying to follow Jesus. I'm just trying to follow. If I got to reach my hand back and grab my wife and say, come on, I'll do my best to drag you as far as I can. But when the gates open wide, uh, I got to walk inside and you got to make the decision. If you got to pull some stuff off, uh, if you got to lay some stuff down at the altar, that's the decision you got to make in order to make it through the narrow gate. Different hands, let's pray. I'm done preaching right here. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. You will not accidentally end up saved. But there's people that they're going to wonder, well, why was I lost? Why was I? I thought we knew you. I thought we ate with you. I thought we went to church with you. I thought, I thought, all. Oh, I thought we had proximity to you. And he's going to look at them and say, I never knew you. You weren't on the same path. Would you come down to this altar? This is an opportunity for us. If you are not on the narrow path, it's time to get on the narrow path. If you are not walking like Jesus walked, right now is the opportunity to come down to this altar, get down on your knees and pray, or lift up your hands and pray, and ask God to help you on this narrow path. From the pulpit to the pew, this is not exclusive to you. Amen. This is the pastor included. i got to stay on the narrow path because lest I preach to you and I myself become a castaway. Come on, it's a daily decision. Every day, I got to make a decision. Do I take a left uh, onto the highway or do I take a right uh, onto the narrow path? You got an actor wheel, put one foot in front of another. If you step on something and it hurts you, uh, keep on the narrow path. Uh, if it's crowded, stay on the narrow path. If you get offended, stay on the narrow path. Uh, if you lose heart, stay on the narrow path. Uh, if you get discouraged, stay on the narrow path. Uh, if you don't want to do it anymore, stay on the narrow path. Come on. You got to make a decision to follow Jesus right now. Come on, you got to make a decision to follow Jesus right now. And when the emotions are low and there's nobody else around, tomorrow you got to make the decision to follow Jesus again. Come on. Amen. As they begin, as they begin to sing, I want you to lift up your hands. Amen. I want you to pray right now. This is for everybody from the front to the back. I don't want to be on the highway anymore. I don't want to be at ease. I don't want to take the path of least resistance. I want to deny myself because I want to follow Jesus.
Jesus, you at the center of it all, the center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all from beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you Jesus 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 at the center of it all at the center of it all from beginning to the end it will always be it's always been you Jesus Jesus nothing else matters world will do Jesus you're the center everything revolves around you Jesus you you're the center everything revolves around you Jesus you from my heart to the heavens Jesus be the center it's all about you Yes, it's all about you, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. All about you.
Jesus be the center of your church. Jesus be the center of your church. Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess you, Jesus, 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 oh, Jesus, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. you Jesus oh we want to live for you Jesus oh we love you Lord the name of Jesus 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 Call your name, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, it's all about you, Jesus. Come on, let's have a prayer it's meeting right now. About you, Jesus. Don't take the easy route. Don't take the path of least resistance. You, Don't start in the spirit and end in the flesh. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Don't start out on the narrow path you, and end up on the highway. Jesus. 